successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM. I appreciate you listening today on the radio or if you're joining me via podcast on iTunes. Uh, our website is GrillNationShow.com. You connect with me on there or on social media. Uh, by searching my name or on Twitter at Jason Grill. Uh, we have an awesome show today, one of our last uh, live shows to end the year. Um, I hope you've been enjoying our best of shows. Uh, we've been airing around the holidays. I appreciate you tuning in, as always, and for listening. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Our title sponsor is BOK Financial and Two West Companies. Uh, contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, Kansas City Area Development Council, and Tim Cowden, and our guest today, uh, Port KC uh, President and CEO John Stevens. I want to thank him for his support. And the team over there, they do a great job. And uh, we have a really exciting show today with John Stevens, who is joining me now. He's the president and CEO at Port KC. He's on Twitter at Rock Hill Strat, S-T-R-A-T, on Twitter. And welcome to the show, John. How are you? Hey, Jason. I'm doing great. It's good Glad to, to be you. on. Yeah. It's good to see you. Uh, Port KC's website is portkc.com. I've been... Uh, there's a lot of things going on at Port KC, and I wanted to kind of break those down and also talk about some of your upcoming projects as well as talk to you about uh, some things happening in Missouri with, with jobs, with uh, with focus on trade and education and, and all the things happening. There's a lot of things to talk about, John. So for those that don't know you, please introduce yourself again to our, our show. Yeah. Uh, John Stevens with Port KC. Uh, been on the job 14 months. Uh, Kansas City native, excited to uh, excited to be on and continue to talk about all the uh, all the great things happening on the riverfront and around Kansas City. So you guys are active on the riverfront. Uh, let's talk quickly, not quickly, but let's break down kind of what that means. So sure. not the development aspect, sure. but the transport access. Yeah, uh, you know, redevelopment, reinvestment, but our biggest one is transportation. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2015, we reopened. Uh, the Woods Weather Port, which now, that, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. 2015. So yeah. the, the Kansas City port out of the Missouri River was closed. It for was a certain closed. Amount of time, it, right? it was it was city run back in the in the 30s. Uh, then it was taken over by private industry. Private industry ran it, and for various economic reasons, I think kind of like much like the previous streetcar system, mm-hmm. kind of got shut down. Uh, people determined that the port wasn't valuable anymore, as valuable, and they got in financial problems and deferred infrastructure and all of that, and so in 2015, we believe in reclaiming and, and restoring transit, and uh, I'm happy to say that we did that, and we're now the fastest growing uh, river port in the Midwest. Hmm. And what does that mean as far as traffic? Is what sure. is a barge transport? Sure. And what what's happening? Because I know you guys transport all different types of materials, and I know that uh, there's a lot of pluses to barge uh, transport. And yep. oh, you know, not nothing against the semis no. and the railroads, and we need all those things, but you can be more efficient at both uh, with time and cost. Yeah, well, you know, Kansas City was founded 
uh, really always as an intermodal hub. It was trails even with, with, with trappers and fur traders and, mm -hmm. and everyone. And it was uh, wagons and then rail and barges, you know, and steamboats. And so we've always been a, a center of commerce and the river is, is a key to that. So what it really means uh, is we are able as part of a continuum of logistics to move barges, which to give uh, the listeners an idea, one barge, which usually three to six are, are uh, lashed together mm -hmm. and towed together by, by one tugboat. One of those barges is the equivalent of 16 rail cars or 70 semis on the highway. Hmm. Uh, and, and then they, they come to the West bottoms, they unload and uh, then they're put onto rail or put onto trucks and taken to their final destination. Wow. Okay. So, and what, what types of things are we transporting again? So primarily, uh, at the woods weather port, we, we transit most, I, I think it's interesting given that, uh, you know, we, we've had snow and, and weather, we do a lot of salt and, uh, and, and salt melt, snow melt, uh, chemicals. Right. Uh, that's one of our larger ones. Uh, fertilizer is a big one. Obviously we're still an agriculture uh, city. We're, we're, we're a city that has a, an immense amount of agriculture support services for all of the surrounding rural areas. So we provide uh, fertilizer goods, uh, tens of tons, tens of hundreds of tons. Uh, we also do a, a lot of environmental things with steel scrap uh, and coal slag, which most people don't even know what that is. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a, um, a, a thing that was usually used to be buried and was actually an environmental hazard. And now uh, companies in, in Kansas City use coal slag, which is this the extra pieces of coal uh, for roofing material. So when you see black roofs on your on your houses, mm -hmm. that's use uses coal slag as well as it's used as an abrasive material in manufacturing, sanding, and and other things. So those are some of the big ones. We we do a lot of other things, but I'm I'm happy to say that uh, we continue to grow and to give people a scale. Uh, we'll we'll do about 120,000 tons of material just in 2019 alone. You mentioned the fastest growing port in the Midwest that reopened in 2015 is 16% growth. And mentioning coal slag and roofing, I mean, it's from what I can tell, you've got about 40,000 tons of that coming in this month. Yeah, about 40,000 40, tons. 40,000 tons. Wow. That is a Unbelievable. Lot. Um, what kind of investment have you all made down there at the Woods Weather Terminal? Again, sure. that is downtown. Yeah, it's, on the river. it's downtown, right in the West Bottoms. Like I said, uh, most people drive uh, right over it when you're on the uh, on the bridges going around. Uh, most people don't see it. If you look out your window, you might see a large white dome. Uh, that is a fertilizer dome. A second one is going in. Mm -hmm. uh, in in the past couple of years, we've made around six million dollars worth of investments of upgrades. Uh, we are putting in uh, new moorings uh, this winter as the water comes down a little bit for the winter. Uh, and we continue to do small upgrades, but we have about $30 million. Most of the, that we need to put into that facility is most keeping in mind that most of that facility was built in the thirties. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and not a lot of it has been upgraded, uh, but we did put in a rail spur and we now have, uh, rail cars almost weekly, uh, as well as some new tanks for, uh, liquid, uh, road applications for freeze thaw, uh, as well as the fertilizer dome going in. A lot of infrastructure improvements and a lot more to come. Uh, a lot of your 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 money goes directly to 
to these improvements. Yeah, uh, to yeah, transportation. Yeah, that's one of the things. Not to not to diverge too much from from the core of transportation, but one of the missions of port authorities in general in Missouri, and there are now sixteen port authorities in Missouri, uh, and we're the we're the largest, uh, which I'm proud to say we then offer a lot of support around the state in building uh, river transit and transportation. But one of the one of the unique things about uh, Port KC is you know sometimes people hear well they're they're an incentive agency with some of the other developments we do but what we do is actually reinvest every penny uh that we uh are able to garner within revenue from projects we reinvest it in infrastructure in Kansas City Missouri mm-hmm. that's amazing and uh Hopefully that'll continue. What what's the max really on the barge? I mean, as, as far as transport with the river set up and, and yeah. the, the weather and whatnot. You know, uh, really, uh, the nice thing is with the amount of rain in the winter seasons of last season, uh, the Corps of Engineers has been able to keep water running and keep the river at a a quality level. We actually got too high for about six weeks in the spring, as most people real remember. Right. Um, but really we'll we'll do eleven to almost year round barge traffic now, which a lot of people remember the old, oh, this was a seasonal thing. Well now it really runs year round and wow. it's been really valuable. Very interesting stuff. John Stevens, president and CEO of Port KC is our guest today on the show. Portkc.com is the website. When we come back, we're going to talk more on uh, the projects they have going on for the city and, and focus on growth and jobs. You're listening to Grill Nation. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM. I'm Jason Grill, your host. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Uh, appreciate you listening today. If you're joining me on the radio or on iTunes via podcast, our website as always is grillnationshow.com. I'm joined today by John Stevens, president and CEO of Port KC. Uh, their mission is by 2030, uh, is to reposition undervalued properties and growing, grow quality jobs and opportunity that will transform Kansas City. Uh, they are doing all kinds of different things. We talked about the, the, the transportation aspects on the woods weather terminal, uh, which is the Missouri river down there, downtown, uh, earlier in the show. I want to get into Richard Skibauer, John, uh, talk to us about your, your focus on Richard Skibauer and what you guys are doing there to repurpose and reuse. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Um, most people don't think of, uh, you know, bracked or decommissioned air bases as being exciting. Uh, but we were able to, to work. One of the things, uh, like you said, is we, we revitalize and, and, and take possession of derelict properties that maybe the private sector just can't get around to, 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 to figuring out the, mm-hmm. the model on. Let me so, stop you real quick. Yeah. Richard Zabauer, give us the geographical area. Richard Zabauer is uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, but it's on the far southern end. It's at uh, 49 Highway and 150 Highway. Okay. So it's it's near Belton and Grandview, basically, okay. uh, in South Kansas City. It's, it is a, a heritage air base that was decommissioned, uh, and we took possession of uh, around 1,400 acres and uh, then partnered with Kansas City Southern to put in an intermodal uh, rail center mm-hmm. uh, and have a lot of other partners out there as we've continued to to uh, redevelop that area. Right. So you repurpose and reusing old military buildings and uh, yep. 
helping uh, family businesses and manufacturing yeah. and so really that, focus on that. Yeah, around around the whole area, several hundred acres of large scale. You know, when you when you people drive around and you see the big, large, new industrial buildings, we have a lot of that going on out there as well. But really, the thing I'm passionate about, I'm really excited about, is we've been able to repurpose those old uh, airbase buildings, the uh, the hangars and and some of the office buildings, and have uh, worked with local businesses. You know, we talk a lot about tech startups and they're valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's important to have tech and new technology in Kansas City, but it's also important for, for the women and men that have this great idea that maybe is a little bit, uh, you know, more uh, hands-on industrial, uh, you know, making bolts or, 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 or fixing hydraulics or things like that. And we've been able to use those buildings and offer much lower cost first warehouse and manufacturing spaces to Kansas City businesses to allow them to really grow and thrive. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the occupancy like? I know it's high. It's really high. We're, we're at 95% occupancy. Uh, I don't think a day goes by that another inquiry doesn't come in uh, from another small business looking for a site. And I'm also really happy to say that we've been able to graduate three or four uh, of those businesses, Sioux Chief being one, which is a little bit larger company, a plumbing manufacturer uh, that grew into a several hundred thousand square foot building after starting in one of the old hangar buildings. What do you guys do with training and partnership uh, opportunities? I know workforce training, workforce development is huge in Kansas City these days. That, is that a, a an issue that you guys tackle? It it is an issue. It's it's one of the things, and I think you know you've had Tim Cowden and others on mm -hmm. uh, in previous previous shows talking about the advantages of Kansas City. Well, one of the things sometimes that we get questioned on is, do you have enough quality workforce when we bring these opportunities to your city? And uh, we're really focused. We work uh, very closely. I'm, I'm really happy to say we built a great relationship with uh, Metropolitan Community Colleges and Dr. Beatty there. We actually have a soldering and welding lab on site mm -hmm. where uh, MCC actually certifies trains uh, uh, folks to then get jobs and be employed right across the street at another partner of ours, which is the Honeywell, the NNSA facility, which few people know because it's a, you know, it's a federal facility, but it employs 4,400 people in one building uh, just across from Richard Skabauer. You got, you mentioned, um, off air, we mentioned Bannister. Talk, yeah. talk to me about the Bannister project. I know, and, and what is that? Because it seems to me there's a lot of things that, in my mind when people yeah. say Bannister project. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, You're I working think, on one too. <laughs> I, I, I think when I think when people say Bannister, they think of the mall. That's right, uh, the former I mall. Uh, I saw it. What was that? I thought I saw a movie like in the '90s there before it closed. I can't. It was like a big one with Ben Affleck, <laughs> Armageddon. Maybe I don't yeah. remember what that one was. But that oh, was my yeah. last experience. And and a guy, uh, a guy. I think it was in. Uh, grade school or high school offered me a cigarette on the escalator i'm like okay yeah. banister mall there okay, you go this is this is nostalgic hey, it, yeah <laughs> be careful because i i grew up there i know you did uh, i know hickman, you did you, you understand a, that i'm a hickman grad if if, uh, if any of my fellow hickman grads are listening you could probably yell out what store at the mall you worked at in high school <laughs> um but no there's uh there there has been sadly a lot of disinvestment in south kansas city and but a lot of really great things going on down there. There has been. Right? And yeah, you know, and, and so that's that's exciting. So then we really looked at how do we partner 
with the, with with businesses with industry to redevelop. And one of the things I mentioned the Honeywell facility mm-hmm. uh, in an SA. Well, they had to build the new facility a few years back. Well, that allowed and and required the the cleaning and remediation of the former site at 95th and Truce, which is Bannister and Truce. And that is now almost complete. And I'm happy to say that Port KC has been able to partner with North Point Development, North which, Point is, Development, one, right. which is one of the nation's and, largest, yeah. and they're based here in Kansas City. And uh, we are working, and, and they're excited about taking that project on and building, uh, I believe it's six new buildings that will employ an estimated 15 to 1,600 people, uh, with the majority of them being uh, you know, less than 15 minute, uh, uh, bus ride or, or vehicle ride. And those are going to be really quality jobs as well for the community that don't necessarily, we talk about trade jobs and there's a lot of jobs that, uh, we're in a world where not everyone, uh, can afford a four year college degree Mm -hmm. and, or doesn't want one or doesn't want one, chooses not to have one. And, and maybe wants a trade, you know, a trade, a, a trade job. And those are great jobs. And we have to do more to build all of those quality jobs. And so I'm really excited uh, to, to work to bring uh, 15, 1600 plus jobs. And the exciting thing there is Port KC has worked with the developer to make sure that we have community benefit agreements in this that will enhance the Truce Max line and have better transit to the jobs mm-hmm. and also put a workforce training center in the site so that when uh, people that live in the neighborhoods, people that live around the neighborhoods uh, want to get those jobs, we can make sure that they're ready to get those jobs because most people uh, don't necessarily always know that those industrial jobs now require a high degree of skill. These mm-hmm. are distribution centers have, you know, robots and, and a lot of computers and technology. We need to, we need to make sure that people uh, have the opportunity to be trained to get those jobs. Well, I was at uh, Hickman Mills, uh, school district with their uh, superintendent and the principal of the high school. And, and I can say that they are doing a lot of cool, innovative things in their high school and in their school to, yeah. to put people on tracks and be specialized in what yeah. they really want to focus on. And one of the concerns they had was, was jobs being provided for the people that live in that community and new, new people living and moving into mm-hmm. that community. So that's a positive that you're, you're hoping to draw <laughs> from that actual community. And, and the transportation options are huge, but also to like having people that live in, live in, uh, in that mm-hmm. area. Have yeah. these opportunities. Well, it, it benefits everyone when when you have um, when you have quality jobs in a neighborhood that are accessible to the people in that neighborhood. You have stronger neighborhoods. You have stronger schools. Uh, and then then you know I was just speaking to the Southtown Economic Development Conference last Saturday, and one of the things they said is, "Can you help us with with better restaurant and shops and and kind of redevelop our our retail?" Mm-hmm. And I said that 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 is a challenge, but the more jobs. The more people living in the homes, the more families in those neighborhoods you're going to have. Those those services those will, will come start. back. Yeah, that's and huge. So that's one of the things I'm excited about. I was able to spend you know three years working in KCK and uh, focused hard on the Kansas side in in the urban areas of KCK on how do you do that. And uh, I'm excited to look at, ha- at some of those tools in in um, South Kansas City uh, because they're really needed. And those are great neighborhoods, great schools, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a lot of unique things and really excited to be a partner down there. John Stevens is with us, president and CEO of Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. We have a few minutes left in the segment, John, and a lot of things to talk about. I <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to get started on the Blue River, Blue yeah. River Corridor. Yeah. I have that in my notes. We'll talk about that in the next <laughs> segment. But Give us an update on the Google project because sure. um, 
I, I know that's a huge project for Kansas City and for our, our, our national reputation as well as the future of uh, tech and, and, and commerce in our area. Sure. Well, um, I, you know, I think uh, what a lot of people are in, I can't give a, a huge update on it because uh, there's still a lot of things that, that need to come into place. But I can say that uh, for the first time in history, we were able to land a, a large global data center in the state of Missouri. And I can tell you from when I was in Jeff City that that was being talked about, but never was really issued. And then other states around us really kind of yeah. took the bull by the horns, like Iowa. And yeah. really Iowa's had up. several billion dollars of data center investments, uh, and that has led to a lot of new opportunities with technology in, in Iowa. Nebraska has stepped in. Ohio has stepped in. So w- we were able to to do that in, in conjunction with our partners at KCADC and the Missouri Department of Economic Development and many others and use some of the unique tools. And here's the, the really interesting thing about a large data center is most of them have chosen really rural areas. Well, they're starting to realize that it's hard to get uh, computer science engineers and all of the, the staffing mm-hmm. uh, to, to work in a, in a predominantly rural area. Well, we have this great area called the Northland and, and North <laughs> Kansas city uh, with industrial areas already built and infrastructure already built. And I'm excited to say uh, that that Google saw the value of having that in a metro region, and it is going to pay huge dividends to the schools uh, and to the tech community as we continue to grow. And be, uh, I, I'm hopeful that uh, Google will be making an announcement here in the coming weeks or months on, uh, That'd be on, nice, on right? uh, their commitment and their timing on that. You mentioned the uh, schools. I mean, they're, they'll benefit as well. I millions know the area of, Millions is... of dollars to the North Kansas City schools. And, uh, and, and then, you know, if history holds, uh, companies like Google also make a lot of commitments and, and, and really support the schools with their STEM education and mm-hmm. a lot of the other things. And that's across the board with a lot of the tech companies. They see the value of educating the next generation of, of employees. And you can't start that when people go to college. You have to start it when they're young. That's very true. John Stevens is our guest today, CEO and president of Port KC. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show on 980 AM. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. When it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. As always, hope you're having a happy holiday season and a merry upcoming Christmas. I'm with John Stevens, who is the president and CEO of Port KC. You can uh, find their website at portkc.com. John's also very active on Twitter at Rock Hill Strat. Uh, also, um, you know, John, uh, you guys have a lot of cool projects going on and we've talked about some of them, but one of them that I think uh, is is very uh, very exciting is the Missouri River Terminal, but that that also is the Blue River Corridor project. Yeah, what is that? Uh, yeah. We've talked about it briefly in the past, but it seems to me this is a huge deal for Kansas City's east side. Yeah, so uh, to 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 give people a geographic sense of place, uh, if, if you've been to the Kansas City Zoo and you've gone across the river in the Kansas City Zoo, there's the bridge that takes you across. That's the Blue River. Mm-hmm. And it runs actually from Johnson County, Kansas, across through South Kansas City and all the way up the east side of Kansas City, Missouri, along generally along the 435 corridor uh, and empties out of the Missouri River. Well, that area... I never knew until I met you how many rivers we had. We have a lot of rivers, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and, and, and uh, I ran out of time this year with the weather, but I am committed in the spring to kayaking 
the length of the river from Redbridge Road in South Kansas City <laughs> all the way to the Missouri. So I'm really excited we gotta, about we that. We've got to get the mayor to join you on that. He, he actually already committed to oh, it. Oh, did he? He said okay. he would. And Phil Glenn. That'll be uh, quite the photo Phil, op. Phil Glenn, who said he was going to join. And uh, we're going to do it. Instagram stories galore exactly. on that one. Exactly. Okay. So but, sorry to interrupt you. But, Go ahead. But this area, so I, I won't get into uh, the, the history of it, but it was, it was a, a beautiful park river for a long time. And then it became the industrial heart of Kansas City, really uh, in the teens, 20s, 30s, and through World War II. Uh, and at one point, that corridor employed 40-some thousand people. Wow. I mean, it was an incredible, it was mostly steel plants. Uh, there was a company called Armco Steel, AK Steel, big industrial companies. Well, uh, those areas kind of kind of died out. Uh, a lot of, there was a lot of flooding issues, thanks to the city this county, the federal government, they've invested tens of millions of dollars in remediating the flooding risk there. Well, what we don't have is uh, the jobs. We don't have the jobs back. Um, a lot of that land was kind of converted into junkyards and, and storage facilities. And while those are valuable, every community needs those, uh, we really see a larger vision. As as you know, Jason, I'm I'm big on thinking holistically in, in issues and not just project by project. It's not just put a dot on a map. It's how do you connect all the dots for the betterment of a community? And, mm-hmm. and that's an urban, you know, urban planning principle that I, I truly believe in. And I really think that one of the key futures for Kansas City and how we look to the east side and how we look to restore uh, even more vibrancy and, and return of quality neighborhoods uh, in the communities on the east side is by connecting and, and accessing jobs and to those communities in a in a walkable and transit oriented way. And the Blue River Corridor is the place to put thousands of new jobs for years to come. Uh, the Missouri River Terminal is a 420 acre project. I won't get into too much detail, but it is a connector that we look to redevelop through a public-private partnership to put a shipping container on barge, truck, and all five Class 1 rail lines. This could be uh, arguably the largest intermodal center with waterborne transit in the United States when it is built that's not on the ocean, obviously. <laughs> uh, those, those are huge. So this would be the largest inland uh, intermodal facility with, with waterborne transit. And, and that could be a catalyst for a lot from the Ford plant just across the river up North, all the way down that entire corridor to Richard's Cavour, which we talked about in the last. Segment. So you're, so this could be our, your greatest, uh, potential impact that you guys can make in the next, you know, so 20, well, I don't even know years with poor yeah. KC. Yeah. This, this could be something and, and we're moving this could forward. Be, right, this it. could be game changing for yeah. this community. You, you know, this is a, this was a, a remediated steel site, mm-hmm. uh, a cleaned up steel site. And we look to put three to $500 million of private dollars into building a new facility that then becomes the catalyst. You think about, you build an airport, industry comes, mm-hmm. you, you build uh, uh, rail lines, industry will develop around rail lines. This is creating a new terminal in a proven manner uh, that becomes a catalyst to redevelop the entire east side corridor uh, with jobs uh, that are, are are incredible quality jobs. It's it's distribution, but it's also, you know, as I've traveled around the country and, and talked at, at conferences about this, uh, the future of these sort of corridors in the United States is how can you get Let's use the example of, of electric vehicles. The batteries are made somewhere else. They come in through the Panama Canal. They come up the Mississippi and Missouri River because it's lower cost uh, to transit large, heavy materials like that 
in shipping containers on on water. Uh, it's also ninety percent more energy efficient, which is which is great when you're mm-hmm. looking at carbon offsets. Um, you bring it here. Well, then final assembly. You have you have great highly skilled, highly trained workers in Kansas City. Uh, you start putting together and you do final electric assembly, final vehicle assembly of those vehicles here. That is how you add value and how you create jobs that are lasting quality jobs for for uh, for years to come and decades to come. And and at the same time, making all of Kansas City uh, more equitable and desirable Absolutely. areas that have been neglected over the years. Yeah. I mean, the key is, uh, you know, a lot of these neighborhoods, a lot of the east side neighborhoods were built uh, as, you know, we talk a lot about workforce housing. Well, we have incredible, beautiful, if you ever, you know, you drive through the east side and, and I've spent a lot of time in the neighborhoods and, and there are great neighborhoods over there that have just had unfortunate disinvestment over many decades, but there are still great neighborhoods. You just need more people moving into those neighborhoods and you need quality jobs for the people that are already in those neighborhoods. I think that strengthens the schools. It strengthens that, you know, everyone in those neighborhoods. And we need all corners, every neighborhood in Kansas City to be thriving and to be quality and successful if we're going to be the city we want to be. Mm-hmm. John Stevens is with us, president uh, and CEO of Port KC. Um, John, a couple other projects I want to talk to in our final segment after the break. We'll, we'll talk more about a gear and review and then maybe get into some of the initiatives for 2020 uh, with regards to the, the state. Uh you guys were involved in the USDA project, which is uh, bringing in quality, high-quality agricultural research jobs. Where does that stand? I know that um, there's been some, you know, some clarifications that need to be made on, mm-hmm. on where we stand on that, and, and and what some of the tools do that you guys use through the state. Yeah, no, uh, thank you, Jason. Yeah, I mean, we're very excited uh, that the USDA chose the Kansas City region, and and then after choosing the Kansas City region. Uh, they chose downtown Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, Port KC was proud to play a role in that. We mm-hmm. used uh, what is called the AIM Zone, which is a a, a state tool uh, that returns revenue to port, to a port authority. To do all the things we've been talking for about. For reinvestment, for reinvestment. Uh, and and we were able to, to uh, provide some of that back to the landlord to then make the rates, the lease rates competitive for the USDA so that they would choose Kansas City in Kansas City, Missouri, those jobs, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of discussion about, well, should the USDA have moved? Well, that decision was made at the federal level. We had many years of, of operations and work on that. Many, yeah. many years. Uh, that's a federal decision. But once the federal government makes that decision, they opened it up in, a, I believe, 133 communities said, we want those jobs in our community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Tim Cowden came on the show a few months ago yeah. and talked about the uh, process. Tim, Tim about played how, an how, amazing how role. They had went to three yeah. different cities, and every okay. time they left, they're like, why are we? And they got to Kansas City, and he's, they basically were like, why are we even going there? Because yep. they love the New Indianapolis, or yep. they love the the Charlotte area, I think, or another area yeah, so Durham. much. Raleigh-Durham. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they came here, and they... The reason why that was solidified was because of the, the people like Tim and yourself and others that to really sold these guys on Kansas City. Yeah, uh, that that is the key. I mean, final and, impression. And and we need to we need to continue to do that. And and the KCADC and, and Tim Cowden, I can't give him enough credit. Um, he sees the vision of we can sell Kansas City, but we have to sell Kansas City as a bi-state metro first. That's how we win national and global business, new jobs to mm-hmm. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Then, once they choose the Kansas City region. 
then we can roll up our sleeves and say, well, where, where is it best for your business to locate? Is it best to be over here or over here or up there or down there? Mm -hmm. And that's a fun one that I like to engage in. But ultimately we want to win new jobs and new opportunity for all of Kansas city first, uh, because jobs that end up in KCK or jobs that end up in Kansas city, Missouri or Johnson County, uh, they, they benefit all of us collectively throughout the region. And of course we're competitive, but we, I am so grateful and, and I'm proud to say that we were one of the first groups to sign on to the border war truce when, when Governor Kelly uh, matched with executive order what the state of Missouri and Governor Parson had done. And Port KC, the next morning, uh, we had a draft ordinance saying we were going to abide by this because we fundamentally believe in it. We should not be dragging jobs back and forth across the state line on a regular basis. We should be focused together. Mm -hmm. on new jobs and new opportunity for the entire region. And you guys did that. Uh, you didn't have to do that. We didn't have to you do it. You chose to do that. You've interacted with the media. Tim has as well on, yeah. on different things that are going on. And you you guys did that as well as uh, kind of voluntarily – uh, changing things with your, your, the way you all set up with, uh, downtown too. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. And, and I think that, uh, we have to continue to reinvest in, in, in all corners of our community. And, and that includes, uh, uh, you know, the entire area. I mean, Port KC works in Kansas City, Missouri solely. Mm -hmm. But I will say, you know, the average Kansas Cityan on a day of driving will, will cross seven municipal boundaries, uh, between state, county, and, and local. Um, so we need to not get caught up in uh, exactly where people are, but get caught up in how they move and how they how they succeed throughout the neighborhoods. Well, you guys are doing all kinds of projects. I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. you you're investing in all over all over Kansas City. And and real quickly uh, before we go to break, the uh, mm -hmm. Class A office space has been a, a passion yeah. of of a lot of people like yourself. And it seems to me that is moving forward. Uh, whether it's on the plaza or whether it's downtown, we're finally getting some of it. Yeah. Uh, and it one works. Of, one of the big ones that was, was just finally approved yesterday, the council city council of Kansas City, Missouri approved it recently as well. Uh, happy to say that downtown Kansas city is going to get its first uh, new uh, class a uh, speculative office tower. And why is speculative like office how many tower years? Is, I mean, 20, 20 yeah, plus years. Yeah, yeah. And that's a strata tower. And, you know, that was hotly contested and hotly debated. But I can tell you um, that uh, I have a high degree of confidence that thing will be leased up. And, and we have lost multiple opportunities to other cities because uh, businesses that, that would come to look at Kansas City didn't have ready-made ready office space. Well, now they're going to have it. That's awesome. John Stevens is with us. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for listening on iTunes via podcast or on the radio right now on 980 AM KMBZ. Also, I appreciate you joining us on the website, grillnationshow.com, where I'll post photos of our guests as well as all of our shows, podcast as well. Uh, social media information is there too. Just search for my name if you're looking for me, Jason Grill. We're talking to John Stevens with Port KC, president and CEO, uh, contributor to the Grill Nation show. Great guy here in Kansas City and uh, really kind of summarized for us all the things they're working on. But one of the other things that probably the most visible things that we haven't talked about is the Kansas City's front yard, which is all the riverfront, uh, Missouri riverfront development that you guys have done it uh, in regards to there and then Berkeley uh, Park, Berkeley Riverfront Park. Talk to about that because that is really kind of taking shape if you haven't been down there. 
drive around folks yeah you know it it is probably the greatest uh redevelopment and and reclamation project because uh you know the riverfront was the tow lot for kansas city uh 15 20 years ago it was where the kemperina roof when it collapsed was dumped because the city at the time <laughs> thought, you know what? Nobody will really go down to the riverfront. We'll just put it there That's and amazing. forget about it. That's amazing. So uh, uh, my predecessor and and many, many others uh, worked to clean up 55 acres of the riverfront. And, and for those of you who don't know exactly where it is, it's it's between the Bond Bridge, which is the tall kind of modernist bridge. Kind west, of similar to what you see in big cities like Boston. Similar to what you see in Boston, yeah. <laughs> New York. Uh, all the way down to the West Bottoms and really through the river market. So it's really an extension of the river market. It's 55 acres of mixed-use development. Uh, we foresee uh, 6 million square feet of uh, 5 to 6 million square feet of mixed use going in there in the, in the years to come. Uh, but we have uh, a first-class park that we uh, operate and manage a heritage trail and a nature trail that connects to the town of Kansas Bridge, uh, which is the uh, bridge that connects you into the river market. We're looking at extending the trails. We host, uh, I believe, 80 to 100 events a year on the, on, in the park. Uh, it's become a great gathering spot. And then, and then I'm most excited, uh, we have the Union Apartments open, 410 uh, units of, uh, of apartments. You have Barquet? Barquet is just killing it. Doing the really dog well. park, bar, restaurant, they're just doing an amazing job. Uh, so we you have got, residents, yeah, shops, uh, a restaurant, events. And uh, now the next one is uh, we just moved forward with 350 new apartments uh, right next to Barquet. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be, uh, the union was actually the first people to live on the riverfront in uh two generations or more in Kansas city. And, and now we're going to add 350 more apartments. So there'll be uh, an estimated thousand people living uh, in Berkeley riverfront park uh, in the next couple of years. You guys are also building uh, financing for a, a bike pedestrian bridge and streetcar extension down there too. Yeah. which is exciting, and uh, I know you guys have looked at affordable housing options as well. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Working with Tom Garrett in the Casey Streetcar, uh, we have the plan. We've completed the design and engineering, 30% design engineering, for extending the streetcar down to the riverfront from uh, Grand, mm-hmm. through the Grand Viaduct. And part of that plan will be to first build a separate dedicated bike-ped bridge uh, that will run parallel. We're we're really close with the funding. The city is coming in with with a little bit of support, and we've come in with some support with re- reinvestment, and we're excited to bring that bring that to to life, uh, because we see more and more and more people wanting to use that park for the recreation activities. I mean, we have we have uh, 1,800 weekly volleyball players in beach volleyball. Uh, we have fitness courts. We have weekly yoga. Uh, so really, as the downtown, uh, the Northeast, Columbus Park, all of those neighborhoods start to develop. And, and additionally, there are new apartments opening in the West Bottoms as well. So as all the neighborhoods, East, downtown, and West, really continue to mature, uh, we need to make the park accessible uh, because it is really the largest primary green space for the greater downtown area. Currently. Currently, oh, currently yes, currently. yes. Me and you have uh, yes. talked many times about a yes. uh, park over the highway. Absolutely. And, and something with the north and south loop. Seems to be gaining some traction, but... I've had three uh, people talk to me in the last two weeks that have these, that have just, that aren't even connected to what the traction is that have brought it up like, this would be a great idea. I'm like, check out this website or check this out. It's already here's, out there. Here's the plan, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think also, you know, we, we open the segment with uh, with our port terminal, Woods Weather Terminal. Well, one of the big pieces of equipment that's down there right now uh, is a drilling 
uh, barge because uh, MoDOT has contracted to do uh, test drilling for the new Buck O'Neill Bridge. Mm-hmm. So as that project moves forward, that is going to be, I think, one of the biggest opportunities to really connect people to the West Bottoms and, and to the riverfront and to downtown uh, in a generation. Doing the new Buck O'Neill Bridge the right way and connecting it in gives us an opportunity to really make uh, the, the downtown and the river market more pedestrian friendly, better for uh, commuters coming from the Northland in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we can do it the right way, and it will actually be a catalyst for more development. John Stevens is our guest today on Grill Nation. John, you uh, as we look towards 2020, uh, the state legislature is always important with Missouri, obviously. Uh, what are some of the initiatives that you think are going to be uh, coming up this session, as well as, I know off-air we talked a little about the low-income tax credits mm-hmm. and import, how important they are to affordable housing uh, projects, as well as um, downtown redevelopment. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, Missouri let low-income housing tax credits expire, the Missouri tax credit. Uh, expired. So now you that was 2019 or 2018. Uh, 2018. Okay, so I thought. Um, in, in, former in, governor, I believe at former, the time. Former governor. Yeah. So now you have to let. Um, you know what what happens now is you have to apply to the federal government, and uh, there's nine percent, four percent, all of that. But there are more projects. Uh, you know, we do need uh, diverse housing options throughout Kansas City, and it's it's vital that diverse housing options not just be type of housing units, but also uh, affordability of housing units. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need affordable housing units uh, in South Kansas City and downtown and the east side. We also need them on the riverfront. And uh, we've, we have two projects pending. Unfortunately, we were unable to get uh, the, the credits because there were just too many uh, projects in the pipeline, and not all of them can be recommended right. in one year. But we're hopeful uh, to get those back. And I think it should be. I know. I know Governor Parson has has said that one of his cornerstone agenda items will be to bring back low income housing tax credits throughout the state of Missouri because he sees the need for affordable housing, not just in urban areas, but the rural communities throughout Missouri uh, need quality affordable housing as well. And along with that, a future of jobs and uh, is a focus of Missouri House or Missouri D- legislature. Doubling, doubling and tripling down on on workforce development and quality job attraction and quality dra- job growth. Uh, those are going to be those are going to be huge. Uh, we we have to continue to do that. And along those lines, if if Missouri is going to continue to outpace the nation in job attraction. Uh, we have to make sure our workforce is educated. And that's where I, I really think that Jefferson City sees uh, the balance of K-12 through funding, uh, education uh, in K-12, through as well as uh, community college, trade trade certifications, trade job opportunities, and, and, and higher ed uh, in a more traditional university setting. I think you're going to see a lot of juggling and balance of, of the resources needed there. And I'm hopeful that they'll land in a, in a good mix there that we'll see kind of all, all boats rising there and that there'll be a great opportunity for, for all uh, workforce. John, as we end the show today, uh, this is our last show together in 2019. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have some more in 2020. <laughs> I hope um, right. you, uh, you guys. What, what has been your biggest success? You think as an as a oh as an gosh. organization in 20, 2019, and, and you look forward. You know, I I can't really look to one thing, but I would say the biggest success is putting our ten year plan, getting our ten year plan put into place of how we can look at uh, north side, south side, east side and really connect all of those with opportunities for, for industrial manufacturing, job retention, job attraction. Um, I'll tell you, I think that we do that the right way. We do it with equity and inclusion at the heart. And, um, you know, it's not about incentives. 
it's about attraction and doing things the right way that really benefit the community. So I think putting those things into place, Jason, is the biggest success. And I would say we're just getting started. Very cool. John Stevens, president and CEO of Port KC. The website is portkc.com. John, I appreciate you coming on the show and your uh, awesome contributing to this show as well as everything you do in Kansas City. Uh, this is going to be a great 2020. Absolutely. Have a great end of the year. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Yeah.